0: Okay, welcome to episode six of the Invictus Podcast. Before we start, I just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone who has subscribed, shared, and reached out with some kind words about the last few podcast episodes we've had. We, myself and Tony, both received quite a few messages in this last week about last week's episode with Lester Ho, and uh, this is something that we're really enjoying doing, and to hear such good feedback. Definitely makes it all worthwhile. Now, today's episode is about stress. How managing stress can improve our training, improve our recovery, but also the implications of stress towards recovery. Uh, We spoke quite a bit about sleep, nutrition, and mindfulness and meditation and how these little techniques can really improve your training. So... One last thing I sort of wanted to say is that none of the information that we speak about in today's episode is or should be used as, as medical advice and it's not intended to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent any disease uh, so it's not supposed to be a substitute for your own professional health professionals advice so keep that in mind but we hope you enjoy the show and we hope you continue to enjoy the shows as we keep these going. Alright guys, Uh, today we're going to be talking about a few things, we'll probably go off on many different tangents, but the main thing we wanted to talk about was stress and how that affects training, recovery, many other factors, so probably the best way to start off is to sort of clarify what stress is, and the technical term of stress is anything that brings the body out of homeostasis, pretty much anything that brings that body out of balance. So anytime we're, we're taking our body out of balance through training, uh, sleep, lack of sleep, nutrition, so uh, like a deficit or overconsumption, or even just eating food that causes inflammation, uh, injury, all these sort of factors uh, are stress on the body.
1: Yeah, the important thing to, to clarify about stress is stress is relative to everybody. And um And relative to their situation to them not to anybody else's situation so you might feel like you're not stressed because you're dealing with a b and c but your body is sensing that is a stress so um there are many different ways to be stressed not just like yeah just because you're
0: not stressed psychologically mentally emotionally doesn't mean you're not stressed yes if you're not getting adequate sleep and you've got pretty poor nutrition or like for example, if you're in a massive calorie deficit and you have been for a while, your body's under a fair amount of stress or if you're overtraining. Like if you're absolutely smashing yourself from the gym every single day, but you're not recovering, then you're stressed.
1: Yeah. So when you talk about stress, people immediately think um, something to the lines of, I, I smashed my car and now I need to get it fixed and I've got to go through all this stuff to go get it done mm-hmm. or something relatively crazy like that. So stress isn't always... Um, this huge factor of something bad has happened, and you need to deal with it. it, it everyone can be stressed for different reasons. Yeah, and, and um, that is where it becomes relative to our training and what we're talking about today. The, the problem with it
0: is like acute stress. There's acute stresses and chronic stresses, and acute stresses are like you just said. Like someone has a bit of a uh, bit of a bingo and smashes their car, and that's. That's an acute stress because it happens once and then it doesn't continue. If you go home and you're still dwelling on it for days and days and days, then that's when it becomes chronic. Or if you have, I don't know, let's say you've got a deadline with work and that just continues for days and days. Your boss is giving you a hard time. Every like, It goes on for weeks. That's that's when a chronic stress is going to have impacts on your physiology, mental, emotional state, like. One acute little stress isn't going to be too much of a big deal.
1: Mm. Yeah, Yeah. well, so there are different factors to help you recognize stress. So that's one of the key things that you want to start thinking about to start off with. It's not like, am I stressed? And then you start delving into this, like, Mm. maybe my relationship's not right. Maybe that's not what I mean. But if you have been impacted with your sleep lately, then maybe it's due to some stress. If you've been eating really poorly lately, maybe it's due to some stress. So everybody has different triggers and different things that that um, stress affects.
0: Yeah. um,
1: And working that out kind of helps. Yeah.
0: People are generally just really unaware of it. Like, we ask people a lot when they first come in uh, to, like, I guess, quantify their stress levels or ask if they're stressed. And people tend to go, no, I'm not stressed. But then when you start asking some different measures. So it could be something like, um, mood, sleep, digestion. Uh, we can go into, like we, we take people's blood pressure and, um, resting heart rate. And these things give us like very objective statistics of okay, you are in a pretty stressed state, but yeah, there's, there's so many factors. If we, we know if someone's not sleeping properly, uh, and they're waking up multiple times a night, that's a fairly good sign or indicator at least that you're, you're pretty stressed. Yeah. So, um, like, I guess the thing is, it's, it's really funny right now because I know a lot of coaches in the industry uh, probably having the best training they've had in a long time. And contrary to popular belief, uh, I think the thing is, before before now, most coaches are generally working like 50, 60 hours a week. Uh, not just down at cafes drinking coffee, <laughs> yeah. like, like most people believe. But coaches tend to work long hours. Uh, we work generally split shifts, and it's pretty stressful. Like, it's just, it's for long hours are really tiring, and that massively affects our training. Whereas right now, people have changed their work circumstances a little bit, and training's starting to improve for a lot of people, at least a lot of people I've spoken to. Like, I know myself, my training's going good guns.
1: Yeah, I think that definitely the stress levels of the initial impact of our current situation did play a huge part in my lifting and I had to have treatment several times and I've been talking to a few of my clients about this because they also have different change of workload over the time um, that I was catching weights with my neck and my chest rather than my legs because the, my breath couldn't get any down down any deeper into bracing because I was on high stress so my traps went in my ears all the time I would try and think that I'm relaxed and I would definitely was not relaxed um, that now going forward and, and we're in a, in a I don't even know what week this would be
0: it's week 5, week 5 or 6
1: um, the stress is relatively less with the way things are going mm. right now um, until, you know, we get a change and then we have to implement more changes. Uh, my training this week has been 80% and been relatively good because my stress level is down. Mm. Um, it wasn't till It was just managing stress. Yeah. Like you're managing it better. Yeah, it so doesn't... today my, my, my um, body felt tired, I felt t- fatigued and I was not really looking forward to delving into a whole heap of work today. But this, the positive thing was I have done a five days of 80%. Hmm. And yeah. I, sh- I should be tired because yeah. of that stress of actually hitting those heavier weights all week. Yep. But I, it didn't feel like um, that high stress. And I cope with that percentage load much better.
0: Yeah. So, like, I guess the thing we get now is, like, Everyone has stress in various different forms, whether it's mental, emotional, training stress, sleep stress, whatever, work stress. Um, but it's all just about managing it. That's probably the the key thing, because you can't just say to someone, don't stress. Like People say that, and then those people generally get punched in the face.
1: So, so we're talking, this is the funny thing, the telltale signs that I'm stressed in the gym.
0: Tony clenches her jaw, she doesn't um, speak.
1: Let's just say... Uh,
0: a trap's double in size.
1: <laughs> and um, we were talking yesterday, I was talking with a client, the chewing of chewing gum.
0: It increases, the rate
1: increases. It's not exactly just that I'm chewing chewing gum very fast. It's the fact that the chewing gum is in my mouth all the time. <laughs> it's so bad. So... Um, and it was really good to actually talk about that and work that out and, and, act, and realize that that's what I do. Um, I, I know I do it, but to conscious talk, but it, yeah. conscious yeah. of it now is um, like I had treatment with um, my myocas and she's like, you are not to have any chewing gum. You are not to have this because my neck was jacked up. And the more you chew, the tighter your jaw is. The tighter your neck is. Yeah.
0: You start using your accessory breathing muscles. You don't really use your diaphragm. And you can't, you can't yes. breathe properly when you're too young. And, chewing gum.
1: and um, that is so contrary to what I've been trying to work on mm-hmm. with breathing exercises. So I could breathe better during my lifts and brace. It's, just a, it's very unhelpful. And I was unhelping myself through my own stress. So that's a massive
0: one, like going through that. Like talking about the neck tightness and... All that stuff—that's a very common sign. When we are stressed, we don't breathe. Like our breathing mechanics are poor. We don't actually breathe through our diaphragm properly. We end up using our accessory breathing muscles and breathing through sort of your neck and chest. Mm. And if like you that whole chest rise.
1: If you spoke to my family, and they would know when I'm stressed because I huff a lot, so I breathe out a lot. So you don't actually hear that breathe in, but it's more the. Yeah. <sighs> out. So, and if you become aware of that and that you're doing that. It can really help that 100%. you're doing the wrong thing um, to help de-stress yourself.
0: Yeah, big time. Like, just being conscious is huge. So I actually jotted down a couple of things that uh, are good signs of when we are stressed. And <laughs> breathing is one of them. But, um, so, dilated pupils. So when people are, like, really sensitive to light, that's a big sign of uh, Yeah, it's not, just,
1: it's not just you're going to get a headache yeah,
0: soon. Yeah, like, so when when we're in... So when we talk, like, if you're in a stress state, um, you're in a what we call a sympathetic state, which is like fight or flight. And that doesn't mean like just when you're about to get attacked or have a car crash or a lion <laughs> chasing after you. Like, I'm going to get any, eaten. Anytime we stress. But it's like if we go back to primal um, before we are now, you know, stress would be. Getting chased by a bloody safety driver or something, (laughs) or like someone hunting you, you know. So it's the same response, even though now our stress might be getting a bad email or having a car crash or having a fight with your partner or whatever it may be. Like that's still the same stress response. Yeah. So the whole like dilated pupils was to be to see further and be able to escape or see our surroundings. But now we get stressed because we've had an argument with someone, and then we're getting light sensitivity. And then we get headaches from it. So that's one poor digestion. Um, this is a real, this is a real funny one. Um, relaxed bladder. So, relaxed bladder. Relaxed bladder. So you need to pee more. Yeah. So you, need to, <laughs> like, you know, when people, when people are like, they're like, ah, oh, yeah, no, I had a, like, I had a good sleep, but I woke up five times in the night to go to the toilet. Oh. It's like your bladder should actually be out of contract. So that's that's a big one that people are unaware of. So if you oh. if you're waking up heaps in the night needing to go to the toilet i didn't know that one you are stressed yeah
1: i didn't know yeah. that one yeah. that's interesting
0: yeah yeah uh what else oh this one's like the funny one but I
1: it's like
0: the last the last one i've got jotted down here um low sex drive and your shit not working by shit not working reproductive shit not mm. working so that's another one too so these are like common signs so if you've got any of these going on you're probably pretty stressed and you need to actually do some uh, some stuff to de-stress so what methods can we use to uh, to, to manage our stress I've got stuff sheds. to go on with that but I'm not <laughs> go going on, to go on go on do it <laughs> this is an open forum no, no I'll
1: wait till we talk about our podcast later that we will be listening
0: to <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for this
1: well, I didn't know about the sleeps. I didn't know about <sighs> the, the uh, relaxed bladder. And I wouldn't have yeah. attributed that to being the sleeping part. I just, um, mm. yeah, I didn't think yeah, about that. Yeah, we should that's be able to good.
0: contract our bladder without having to think about it. And yeah, a uh, high sympathetic drive will make your bladder relaxed. Mm. Interesting oh, shit. That's very interesting. Nah. So what management tools have we got? How do we manage our stress? other than we kind of spoke about it, being conscious of it is probably stage
1: one. Being conscious of it is a massive part of it. It's massive. Like, you, um, you can go along and go, I'm not stressed, I'm really good. Things are really good. And then your training just sucks balls. Yeah. And, and you're just like, this is, I'm not getting any better. I feel like I'm just fighting it all the time. I'm just not in the mood or not getting there um and you'll find out that there's something going on that is mm. stressing you out yeah even yeah. though you don't want your training to be affected by you, you know your work life or whatever it, it 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 all plays a part big time um so a lot of people use um training as their relax. relaxed yeah
0: it's a, it's a it's a new stress
1: yeah um But it doesn't always, it doesn't help. It's still a stress. It's still a
0: stress on the the body. Like our body doesn't look at it and go, oh, this is what might make you physically happier. It's still a stress on the body. Your body doesn't differentiate.
1: Working out what you're you're like when you're stressed. You know, like I said about that chewing chewing gum. Um, When I find that I'm looking for the chewing gum, then I I already know that I'm stressed. Mm. So just finding those little triggers of things that you do um, that you when you're stressed out that you use, so um, that 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 is key, I think yep. it's definitely step one to managing your stress, yeah. Um, and and not just going, I'm not stressed, yeah, actually acknowledge it and then see what you can do, yeah, absolutely.
0: I think the next one would be once we're conscious of it, um, implementing some conscious or like mindful techniques and that could be anything could be like just some breathing drills which is like super simple like box breathing which is like four second breath in four second hold four second exhale four second hold just basic stuff like that or if you want to do some more mindful practices like meditation or other breathing drills um that i know like we both incorporate a little bit of um can definitely definitely help
1: yeah i do i do different stuff so um, stuff that I do not even realize that I'm doing sometimes that mm, helps me with stress. So mm. before I was going to worlds and competing, I would implement that. I would go to infrared sauna yeah. and it'd be part of my training. Um, I was training that I, you know, I was telling myself that I was doing this for recovery, but, you know, talking with my coach later on and he's suggesting that I do some more when I'm not competing in high, high level, Um, we kind of worked out that it was it did affect my stress level Mm -hmm. so going going to the infrared sauna having that time out um, you get so hot that eventually you stop listening to your phone or you stop doing work while you're in there you actually just stop Yeah, you you actually just stop (laughs) because people don't
0: stop people run around like headless chickens
1: Um, and so that that was a really good key thing to find out that Mm -hmm. I was doing that was helping with stress that I didn't I wasn't using that for stru- uh, to de-stress yeah, at, yeah. at the start. But as a by-product yeah the can,
0: you yeah. de-stressed. Because it's like, it's, like it's like a timeout. It's not just like the infrared sauna, for sweating and all that sort of stuff. You're actually getting a bit of a timeout where you yeah. stop, relax, breathe. Don't take chewing gum. In no, there. no, don't take chewing gum. There's no chewing gum <laughs> in chewing
1: sauna. Gum. No. Um, and I tell people all the time when they ask me about it, when I've been and this, oh, what do you get out of it? I actually feel like, that it's the morning again, like I've had a bit of a, like, because uh, I usually come back to work, I usually do it like mid afternoon, have something to eat, I've had a shower, mm-hmm. I come back to work, feel really fresh, like, yeah. like the morning. Yeah. So that's what it does, that's what it does for me. So it's definitely a de-stressor. Yeah. Um, since I can't do that right now, I've been walking a shit tonne, yep. like, um, but walking, there's times I don't need to go for a walk by myself. Yep. And I'm not listening to music. And I don't have my phone. And I take the dog. Yes. Yeah, so that's like,
0: it. it. It's just like mindful time. It's like a bit yes. of a time out.
1: So even though you don't realise that you're having mindful time, you know, these things... Oh, we need it. Because we're, const-
0: we're constantly, like, whether it be working, looking at our phones, or surrounded by people, like, we're constantly getting input. Even watching TV and stuff, like, it's good to actually have, I guess, a time where you're not getting any, like, stimulus and input into yeah. your body. You can actually just, like, relax a little bit.
1: And we talked about this last, the last couple of times. Like, I'm a huge person of doing about 17 things at mm. once. So, if I'm listening to a podcast, I'm doing a puzzle at the same time. If I'm, um, doing, uh, writing stuff down for training, sometimes I'm colouring in at the same time. Like, that's, there's, yeah. I know, <laughs> I'm listening to a podcast, I'm cleaning the shower you know vacuuming i'm still listening to something or i'm researching something and trying to find out some answers about something so yep. um to have that time out um works really well
0: yeah big time so the next one sort of i've got down on the list here is perception so perception is a big one perception is probably like the hardest one to change but like how we perceive a problem is usually what the problem is itself like when something happens, it just happens. Like, yes, there are some bad stuff. Like, we're not even going to bother going into it. Yeah. There are bad things that happen. Like, having a car crash isn't good. You can't really perceive that anymore. Like, you've had a car crash. But
1: <laughs> how, how, how something
0: happens in the day, oh, what someone says to you, that's, that's your perception. Like Yeah.
1: That's... We could be sitting at, Greg um, and I work Monday, Wednesday, Friday together in the gym. And I'll say, did you see this? Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, meh. And I'm like... Yeah. And then, nope. he's, then he's just, it's just like, it's bloody blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of didn't see it yeah. from that point of view. It's, and there's a total perception. Yeah.
0: You see, you, see, uh, you have you, have a, you, have, you have a room <laughs> full of people and you, everyone sees a certain event. No one sees it the exact same way. Yeah. Everyone would, when they retell that story or even if I had to like draw a picture of something that everyone all saw, that it was exactly the same. Everyone will draw it different. Like no two people see a thing the same way. Mm. So perception is a big one. And like perception is something that we can influence and change. But again, it kind of, kind of comes back to being conscious and aware of it. Yeah. Because if you're not conscious and aware of it, like everyone just kind of thinks, oh, like it just is the way it is. You become conscious and aware of it, then you can start going, okay, well, is my is the way I'm perceiving events positive to how I want to feel and live my life? Yeah. If, it, if it's not if you're always grumpy and like angry and not really having a good time it's probably not conducive towards living your best life no
1: no in my opinion not. at least anyway also when you're touching on that um everybody's searching for this happiness and I want to be happy don't and search for it a, yeah holy crap <laughs> you know the everyone's not happy a hundred percent of the time
0: if we're happy all the time it wouldn't be happiness like we wouldn't need, be
1: looking for it like
0: you need good for bad yeah. and happy and sad to like
1: yeah let, if you're in a bad mood and you don't know why you actually just you know do some mindfulness and let it ride and work mm. work, work it out and, and
0: mindfulness is a good one that actually leads on to perception because like a lot of people will push meditation and stuff like that or um, like gratitude journaling and stuff in the morning. And what you find is when you've done some of these practices, the rest of your day is better. Like you see things in a better light. Mm. So the way I was sort of taught, this is uh, it's a little analogy of like, you've got a pair of glasses and you can change the filter to these glasses and you choose which filter you wear and you can put on like a negative, like a real bad judgmental sort of filter or you can put on like, much more of a positive open-minded filter and there's many different filters but you choose what you want and using some of these like gratitude journaling really really help influence how you see the day because you could have the exact same day happen twice but if you've got uh, the negative filter on you've you're stressed out and whatnot then it's going to be a pretty crappy day but then if you've done some gratitude or some meditation or you've, you've had a better start to the day I and mean, then you've got that positive filter on the exact same events happen but you'll come home and be like hey, that, was, that was a pretty good day yeah 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 um the next one's training so training we can influence where we go depending on how stressed we are so if we're like really really stressed out and neurally really driven then like if we do more stuff that's stressful on the body like heavy lifting or sprinting or heat training
1: or yeah really
0: really tough stuff that's gonna push us into an even more stressed Mm. state um and we we sort of learned this a lot of this stuff but especially this from um luke lehman and muscle nerds when we did their course uh they they call it least mode basically it's if someone's really Excuse me, if someone's really stressed out, giving them lighter loads, higher reps, more aerobic work yep. will push them into a much more parasympathetic, yep. rest than digest, better state.
1: Now, this is this is really interesting. Okay. So prior to this COVID, I uh, had, I did do, you know, everyone knows that I'm train, ollie, doing ollie lifting do you training. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So um, I Didn't do that like uh, four days a week. And then I have two days a week of accessories. Those are accessory work days prior to this. I was doing intervals um, on the air die and I was doing rowing. I was chucking in some CrossFit stuff. I was um, bringing that intensity right up on those other days and then chucking in my accessory movements to keep my body healthy, happy with Ollie training since. Covid, And when I was extremely high stressed, none of that worked for me. None of it. So I cut it all out and I got my heart rate up only by walking mm-hmm. and managed my lifting way better. Yep. Yeah. So I could hit my percentages in my lifting um, because I was managing that least mood Um, in the other days
0: like we said before that's going to massively influence our ability to recover so if we've got better aerobic capacity um, and we're just not smashing ourselves because all this high intensity interval stuff is super stressful so when we're doing that on top of training it's just pushing us into a more stress state so we've got to be better at recovering
1: yeah and training is uh, you know we say that percentage base recovering is, is a high percentage base of your training. Oh, it's just
0: just as important. So like, um, I can't really show you guys now because you're either listening to this or you're watching it on uh, the Facebook group, but uh, check out Google Hans Selye's uh, General Adaptation Syndrome just to give you guys a bit of a visual, but it's basically just about stress, recovery, adaptation. It's a pretty basic concept in the, the fitness industry, but if you, can, if you actually get a bit of a visual of this graph, you'll see how important uh, recovery is because when we, when we stress ourselves we best way to put it is like, if you do a training session and then three hours later you do the tra- same training session, are you going to be able to lift the same weight? Probably not. Like probably
1: not. Your body's going to
0: be stressed. It's damaged. It's, it's just about to start really recovering so
1: it's like um people doing a crossfit comp on the weekend and then expecting to hit a pr on the monday yeah
0: same thing it's it's not it's not going to happen because you haven't recovered yet no so basically this general adaptation syndrome it's a little bit dated but like you, you apply stress onto the body it takes time to recover everything takes like each muscle group takes different time to recover but then you recover and if we recover right then you get better Yep. Whether it be stronger, more muscle mass, leaner, whatever. You can put anything into it.
1: Yeah. Uh, when we talk about recovery, um, we talk about the least mode. And we talk about sleep. sleep. And we talk about fueling the body. Yeah. Okay. So if you do this, do this like hit training, whatever, this high intensity where you stress your body out, and then you haven't let your body eat food and you haven't slept... Yeah. the the recovery is just not going to be there.
0: Yeah, if you're if you're in a massive calorie deficit, like you cannot recover. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. If you're sleeping sixty hours, you cannot recover. We know like you need more sleep than that to recover.
1: Yeah, so then you go back to the whole um, mood, and then you've not recovered. You feel sore. Mm. You're hungry, so you you what are the, you're hangry. Um, Always, and then you're like, my body's not, my body's breaking down. I'm getting injured. I don't, I'm not, I'm not coping, and it just all goes back to that not recovering from your training.
0: Yeah, I was gonna wait till later to go over this one, but it kind of actually inserts really well. Just from what we just spoke about, is um, a few studies done on recovery and uh, recovery from injuries. So. This one I think people will find super, super, super useful. So there's two main studies that I wanna sort of just quickly read out. So there was one done in 1995. Complete wound healing took significantly longer in stressed group than controlled group. 49 days in the stress group versus 39 in the uh, other group, for more relaxed group, for complete repair from 3.5 millimeter Muscle punch biopsy, so I'm pretty sure if I get this right they did a muscle punch biopsy in um, the quad I believe it was and yeah for that wound to heal 49 versus 39 So that's 10 days difference in recovery Um, The other one which is one I've heard quite a few times which I think spot-on is 11 dental students underwent hard palate biopsies with mucosal wound healing taking 40% longer in examination periods versus summer vacations. So they had students studying, and yeah, the ones who were on vacation recovered a lot quicker than the ones who were currently undergoing exams. So when we kind of put that back towards, I guess like just our clientele and people training, and anyone really who's listening to this, if you've got an injury, doesn't matter what injury it is, let's say a some sort of shoulder tendinopathy, issue um if you're in a stressed state no matter what you're doing rehab wise you're not going to be able to heal yeah. you will not recover
1: yeah so this this let's go this with my training over this COVID period right i saw um brit and kaz are both about my neck issues and my everything was super tight um i was still lifting fairly well but not not great obviously um, I saw Kaz this week and the issues that I was having in my hip, my, um, foot and my neck, she's like, this is like a hundred percent better, but my stress is less. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's not because, not just because of the stuff that I've done, like stretching or, um, you know, uh, mobility wise, it's because I've worked on those stresses mm. and being mindful. Yeah big and time. all that down. Yeah. So your body can't heal if you're in a stress state. Yeah, it just it, it, it's and it's that's five weeks later. Yeah. Same so, with
0: adaptation for getting stronger, it's like all the same. Yeah. You, you need to you need to work on allowing your body to heal and that's like getting your sleep right, getting your nutrition right, doing the mindfulness yeah. stuff and just not being too wound up and <laughs> high strung. Like if, if you're high strung over time, you're just not even going to like, like I reckon you'd know this too. And you would have experienced it. It's like when you're really, really, really stressed, like just say, let's say you're chronically stressed for like four weeks. You just got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Your training doesn't improve. Oh, like, it doesn't. You just don't get better, and you're like, "Why am I not getting better? I'm doing and the training, just, and
1: it adds to the stress. Yeah, like because you want to get better, and that's what you're working towards. And why is this not working? Why I'm doing everything right? I'm still doing everything. I mean, it works the same with um, weight loss and training. Like I'm doing mm-hmm. everything right. I'm doing everything right. I'm doing all the coach. I'm uh, doing all the classes. I'm doing all the, the food. Mm. Not, something's not working and it's that stress state that you're in all the yeah. time. And
0: sometimes what we need to do, and I've definitely experienced experienced this with myself and my clients, is sometimes we just need to pull back the training a little bit uh, oh. and increase some nutrition. And just by doing 100%. that, like I've had so many training blocks where I've gone from, so when I did my powerlifting comp, I think I was I was doing four sessions a week and then I went up to five sessions a week uh, just, just before the comp for the last block. And when I went up to five sessions per week, I was, like, I just felt like I wasn't getting better. I felt like I was really, really struggling. And at that time, I had some courses on. So I had, like, week-long study and then coming and working. So I had some pretty big days. But I just was, like, I couldn't handle the load. My body really, really struggled. And it sort of went into the comp that way as well. And I didn't really hit what I wanted to hit. But then post-comp, I was still with the same coach. uh, And he dropped me down to three days. And I was, like... I felt like I was just getting better and better every single training session. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've gone from doing way more volume to doing less. And most people think, like, oh, you need to do more. Like, if you're not getting better, I need to do more. Oh, I need to do an extra day. More. And I drop back. I and need to
1: add these exercises in to make yeah. that work better. Yeah. And I need to fix this first. And I need to know. Less just, is more. Just, less least mode. Yep. At mode. Bring it back. Yeah. Just bring it back a bit. Especially, um... I Like to put heart rate monitors on people when they're training and to try and keep their heart rate down um, into that least mode, um, and how much better they feel after this doing the same thing mm. in a training session. Mm. And then they, they the rest of their week ends up being much better, yeah.
0: Super simple, like protocol for yeah, that least mode that we got from Muscle Nerds. Like, literally, you can do any sort of aerobic activity that you want to do, it could be. Could be punching, and kicking stuff. Could be walking. Could be running. Could be riding a bike. Could be jumping on a roller, whatever. Um, and just trying to keep that uh, heart rate between about 130 and 150 beats per minute.
1: It sounds for, so for 30, easy. Thirty minutes, minimum thirty minutes. It sounds so easy, and it sounds like it's a trick. And like, it kind
0: of does feel easy when you do it sometimes. But yeah. Like it's it's amazing. It, it, do that for five, five weeks, four five weeks. Yep. Golden.
1: It's even if you're um, going for a walk. If you get your heart rate if up, you get a brisk and, walk going, yeah, yeah, you can get and it up that keep, high. Keep it going for that whole time. Chuck some hills that in there. That is way better for you than putting that huge stress on your body. And and it's just, it's just, I don't know. It sounds so easy. It sounds like we're just trying to trick you into you yeah. know things. But it's can, it's, it's the it's, best
0: thing that you can do it's if so you're easy. if you are really stressed and like if some of the stuff we've spoken about you're relating to and going, yeah, that's me, that's me, then. Like I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> you don't have to tell us, it's you. <laughs> I, it's don't want, I, don't need, I don't need visuals. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: but added some of this stuff, I guarantee if you implement the least mode protocol, if you implement um, some sleep strategies, which uh, we, we could probably talk about, we'll, we can go into some of them, um, get your nutrition, add a bit more nutrition, back off your training a little bit, guarantee that some of these side effects you're having from the stress will disappear Mm. like very very quickly like i've clients who have lost their menstrual cycle and then they implement some of these strategies and then they're like oh wow like they haven't had a period for four or five months and then all of a sudden it comes back just by literally changing a few like lifestyle factors it's crazy
1: it's crazy it's crazy i think i think both of us if you uh one of our clients right now, you would have heard us both speak about um this in some way. You know, I want you to do seven thousand steps a day. Mm. Um and we get you to do that, A, because of mindfulness, B because least mode.
0: Yeah, non exercise activity. It's gonna drive up your ability to lose weight if that's yeah. your goal.
1: Yeah. Um We definitely, um, with some of our coaches have done this, like with Tara, Tara had really high heart rate all the time, so we did some training with her, we are just doing, keeping her heart rate down in this least mode, and it changed her heart rate, like, which
0: that made her better at doing wads and heaps of improvements, It's, it's like really, really, really simple stuff, and it sounds so simple, but it's just stupid, but
1: yeah, we cannot. say how much.
0: Probably the big thing with it is like people get afraid, especially if they're into strength sports. So if you're a, a weightlifter, a powerlifter, bodybuilder, some some sort of training like that, strong man, everyone gets like really afraid of cardio and go. I'm gonna lose gains. Oh, 100 percent. And like, trust me, if you if you if you're adding in enough food to compensate for the extra calories you're burning with the aerobic work, you won't lose weight what you will actually be able to do is you'll be able to improve some health markers, you'll be able to decrease your stress, and you'll be able to increase your work capacity so that you're recovering better between sets. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like it's like the most simple stuff that has been in the fitness industry forever. Like everyone used to be like, you know, do cardio, da da da. And then for for a long time, I guess like probably the the strength sports and even CrossFit movement was like um, could be anti-cardio aerobic work at some stage. It was always do things hard and fast high intensity mm. and now we're sort of seeing a little bit of a i don't know like it's like it's like a trend how fashion goes and, and comes back yeah it's coming it's come back around
1: yeah
0: and it's it's crazy but in, implementing some of this stuff into your training will definitely improve your training but also improve your life because you're not going to be so stressed
1: definitely definitely
0: um Do you have anything else on that? Do you want to like, we can kind of give people a few tips on like sleep sort of protocols to improve sleep. If they're having a hard time sleeping.
1: Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like sleep's a hard one. Like a lot of people's
1: everyone's everyone's different.
0: I always, I always used to struggle with sleep like pretty much up until a few years ago, my entire life I would have bad sleep. I would wake up multiple times a night. Um, I think I just had like, it wasn't necessarily so much stress-based, it was just bad sleep um, routine, like yeah. poor, poor nighttime routine. Um, a lot of people are exposed to a lot of light before going to bed, tele- like looking at their phone, playing apps, yeah. all that sort of stuff. And we know that can negatively affect. Fortunately, these days, like most most smartphones actually have a blue light filter. So that, that helps.
1: Yeah, I I think that um, taking your phone to bed... It's is a bad idea. such a bad idea for sleeping. For so many like reasons. Like... Yeah, for, yeah, for, yeah. I think I, the there's... It's really funny, like, m- my mum taught me a lot of good sleep habits. Mm. And it's not that I ever recognised that until lately or last couple of years that these habits that she'd formed with us when we were kids were um, really really helpful in our in my adult life so a it was um, we were allowed to take a book to bed and read for half an hour yeah um, perfect uh, B because I was obviously um, ADHD a little bit Rosie um, she taught me how to be mindful of my body and to help to go to sleep so you know they talk about counting sheep it was more like think about your toes and then think about you at the bottoms of your mm. feet and then bringing your body and then she she used to say to me all the time by the time you get to your knees I guarantee you're asleep if that you cut out every single thought mm. in your brain and just concentrated on the body part and then moved it up your body. Yeah. And I can tell you that I never got to my stomach. Yeah. It's, it's like a
0: self-guided meditation.
1: I know. And, and my mum never told me that I was meditating because that would never have worked. She probably didn't even know it was meditation. Yeah. She was probably just like, this This works. So, um, you know, counting sheep is not productive. But it's along that same line yeah. of getting your brain to stop working yep. and bringing your attention to something else. Yep. It's like counting breath. Yeah. Yeah when you go to sleep so sometimes that can work if, if if you can't bring your attention back to your body i'll usually then breathing way. um a hand on the chest usually helps a little bit or hand close to your body so you can feel the breath going in and doing the one two three yeah. four out two three and yeah, actually, so yeah, breathing. What, what, to what i do in. is
0: i go instead of like counting one two three four i'll just count my breath so i'll take in a big deep a big deep breath and i'll you're like breathe in, one. Breathe out, one. Breathe in, two. Breathe out, two. And I like I just keep doing that. And like you won't get to ten, but it's the whole point is like you're actually taking your mind off of the thoughts that are just freely running through our head. Yeah. Because we're always thinking. You can't just stop thinking, but you can change your focus and it, and focusing on something like breathing or focusing on something like what you did going through up through your body and focusing on different body parts. Um, it's just like a guided meditation sort of, and takes your mind off of everything else that you're stressed about, or like yeah. whatever's going on. Because people are like stressed about work tomorrow, or what. Well, is sometimes tomorrow? people School go, or...
1: they think that med- meditation is stressful. Like, oh, I can't do meditation. I I, I get really crazy when I and, and I think it's well, just well, if your perception is
0: that of... it's going to be stressful, it's going to be stressful. <laughs> That's like, around
1: the word. Yeah. So, like I said, I didn't didn't think I ever did meditation. But it is but did, a guided yeah. meditation mm. when you're talking about bringing your body, bringing your mind to your body. And it's
0: what works for you too. Like I everyone's a bit different. Yeah.
1: So my words when I was a child was more like my toes are asleep. My toes are asleep. My toes are asleep. My feet are asleep. My feet like and you'd go through slowly. Mm. And as I was got older, it was more like the soles of my feet mm. and then the tops of my feet. So and you would be like are asleep and then you'd feel weight. Like, you mm. know the weightless go into your feet and then you move on yeah um if if i was a teenager and my mom said to me to do that and they said you need to do yeah. some meditation i would wouldn't have happened. Be... <laughs> wouldn't <happen>. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been a whole different conversation yeah. and that would i've never would have tried it so um
0: it's a real good strategy yeah, though like if you if you do struggle yeah super good strategy um i guess it's, a few other strategies are like what trying to wake up the same time every day that's a big one trying to go to sleep the same time every day that's, no. like, that's like a simple no brainer
1: yeah it's really funny because I want to balk at that mm. I'm like no I want to sleep in and I don't want to wake up at the same time yeah. and then it's, but it's it's pretty true like the last two weeks I've been making sure that I get up at the same time so I can do like a quick 20 minute 30 minute walk prior to sessions yeah. just to wake up and clear my clear my head I do not have breakfast I'm not doing anything else I'm just going out yep um and the days where I was just like, I want to press snooze, but I know that getting up now and doing this, I'm gonna feel way better. Hundred percent, yeah. Then I, if I press snooze, I don't know. Sleeps pretty good though. <laughs> um, the other thing I was gonna say about with helping you to sleep is, you know how we spoke about the breathing and counting or whatever. Um, I did re- listen to a podcast this week, and they said that actual the touch or having your hand like on yourself like on your chest or on your belly where you feel the breath um, is really not uh, (laughs) don't shush (laughs) 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 is maternal so like where your mother would you know rub your belly or rub your back or um, you know when you're a child so if you put your hand like in those kind of places and then concentrate on your breath there it can help you relax just because of those maternal Mm. things makes sense yeah as a child
0: definitely makes sense I had something to say after but um, <laughs> you said touching yourself. To your
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh if what, you was, can't what was you gonna <laughs> say? What was he gonna say? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alright,
0: I remembered it. Why do I have to be inappropriate all the time? Um.
1: <laughs> Some people use that to go to sleep too. Yeah, they do, they do.
0: That's uh that's the tried and tested <laughs> method. That I feel like everyone's probably done. Oh, <laughs> um, social jet lag. So, um, with the whole uh, getting up same time, going to sleep same time, going out on weekends um, is basically the equivalent. Like, if you're going out partying on a weekend, it's the equivalent of jet lag from a flight. So, it's called social jet lag. It's a natural thing. So, if you're going out on the weekend and, I don't know, going out to a club and getting home at 4 or 5 a.m., not right, um,
1: not, not right if, now though. If you're
0: going to revs, you're probably getting home at Three days later, um, but then, but but that's actual social jet lag. So it's going to completely throw out your body clock for a little bit.
1: And it takes time to get add back to, to it. to your stress. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So All that week, you might you might have had the best weekend of your life, but the rest of the week you're going to feel pretty shitty, and your training's going to suck. It takes ages to recover. And your stress is going to be high, mm-hmm. um, and it's not because of your mood then. Mm-hmm. It was not because you didn't, because you had a great time. It's more because of the lack of sleep and yeah. the, all of that. Yeah.
0: Next one, I would say um, that's like a, a big one I find, and like you'll probably refute this one because you used to do it all the time, but caffeine. Um, uh-huh. So uh-huh. caffeine. Adds... Actually, won't. I actually won't. Yeah. But you probably noticed. But that, you don't have one. But that I've, I've gone.
1: I've gone through the other side of this. Yeah. So, um, if you didn't know this. I used to drink a cup of coffee before I went to bed, and sometimes I would take the coffee with me to bed and um, virtually have Mm -hmm. that coffee like within 10 minutes Mm -hmm. of actually going to sleep. And I was like, I can fall asleep, it doesn't bother me, it doesn't affect me, it doesn't affect my sleep, blah, blah, blah. So then I had a month of no coffee, and I stopped drinking caffeine, Um, it was terrible. But, um, for also, everyone else but, around you, <laughs> but it was also very informative. So from that time, which is what two years ago, probably more, yeah, two yeah. or three. I have not had a coffee before I went to bed since because it did affect how I slept. She's a much better person to be around. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but it did. It, it totally, hundred percent. It's being aware of it, like what but, we were
0: talking about before. Like you, you, you could sleep through, but like now, you probably know that you're although you, you probably weren't waking up, but like your sleep quality maybe better, better. yeah,
1: I wake up and, you know, I do have those days where I want to press snooze, but those days are nothing like the days when I was drinking coffee before I went to sleep. Yeah,
0: so coffees, um, caffeine has what we call an eight-hour half-life. So what that means is if you have a, uh, let's say 100 milligrams of caffeine, I think it's like a general coffee is about 150 to 200 milligrams. I could be wrong. Um but let's, okay, let's say 200, you have 200 milligrams of coffee, eight hours later, you still have 100 milligrams of coffee in your system. So if you have a coffee at 2 p.m. in the afternoon, at 10 o'clock at night, you've still got 100 milligrams of coffee running through your system, uh, still having effects and working. Yeah, because...
1: I haven't worked that out yet. So I haven't worked that out. I, yeah. s- I, I generally would have a coffee in the Arvo,
0: yeah, you've been what, like two, uh, two?
1: depends. Like it when we were coming back to work, yeah, and we're working in, of an evening. I'd probably have one about three p.m. Yeah. Um, I haven't really seen that difference if I've had it earlier yeah. to, to yeah. later in the Arvo. So maybe on the weekend, yeah. I would have one later at like five o'clock in the yep. afternoon, depending on social or you know what we were doing. Um.
0: But is it, yeah be be real like for people out there if you if you actually start thinking about it being conscious about it, like I know on a weekend if I I'll often have a coffee like later in the day and I like those nights I just like I'm laying there staring at the ceiling. Yeah. Whereas if I have just a coffee either like late morning or like lunchtime, no worries. Like sleep is easy. Yeah. So yeah, being really conscious I guess of your habits throughout the day and how that influences your sleep. Like, movement's a big one. Like, I know people at the moment who oh, on their yeah. days when they're not training because they're sitting around all day. Yeah. They're, they're getting to the end of the day and they're, like, wide awake.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what else? Um, speaking of movement and caffeine, so Michael still has coffee at night. Mm. And he was making um, not an instant, uh, an actual proper ground bean coffee mm. before I go to bed. Those nights he would say to me, I am so twitchy. Like, I can't get comfortable. He'd go sh- go to sleep, wake up, go to sleep, wake up, go to sleep, wake up. And he was like, my body's twitchy. My body's really twitchy. And he'd, he'd think it because he worked really hard that day and his body <laughs> was sore. Yeah. But at yeah. night, since he stopped making them just because of laziness, not because of we don't have beans or anything, it's just he bought some instant for some reason. Since he started having that, yeah, it's way less. Yeah, He's yeah, yeah. not twitchy. No. So caffeine... Um, Even though Michael's a great sleeper and doesn't have any issues of going to sleep, he can sleep sitting up and then have a conversation with you while he's sleeping. Um, Yeah, because he's far off caffeine. (laughs) (laughs) um, The days that he would drink that high hit of coffee um, before he went to bed, he'd be so super twitchy and find it hard to be um, still. Yeah. So he'd be restless.
0: Yeah, big time. And, he, and it makes sense.
1: Yeah, and it makes 100% sense. And uh, he needs to listen to but this But it's funny because like, <laughs> like we, don't, we don't
0: think about it until we think about it. Like, no. Until you actually sit there and you're conscious and think about all these little things, you don't. And then all of a sudden, like hopefully after listening to this, a few of you guys yeah. will just have this like light bulb moment. Penny's going to drop and you're going to be like, oh, that makes so much sense. I'm going to try it. And like, sometimes it's not going to work straight away, some yeah. of this stuff. like. It's like um, melatonin. Uh, melatonin's a I guess like a sleep su- natural sleep, sleep supplement. Uh, I tend to take it. That was one of the main things that helped with me improving my sleep. But people will, will take it and they'll go, "Nah, it didn't help me." If I take it once, and it's like, well, a lot of this stuff you just got to try it a few times. Like it's not gonna just work straight away. Yeah. But just because cool. you didn't have c- coffee for one day later in the day, like it's not gonna automatically just have the best sleep ever. You might. But you might not. It might take a while.
1: No, it took me a month of being off college yeah. for that for that realisation to happen and to, actual, to feel the difference between mm. how I was sleeping. I also did a sleep app at the time.
0: Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. So
1: I was tracking that by um, a sleep app. The sleep app is microphone-based, so it's not 100% accurate, but it picks up movements and sounds and yeah. stuff. So I just put that on at mm. the time, and if... I went back to my sleep quality now, to what my sleep quality was when I first started the app, which was when I was giving up coffee. Be better. Oh, it's way better. Yeah. It, it's like 97%. Like yeah. 90, every day is like 80, 80% to 90% sleep quality. This is the app's percentage, yeah. um, not, not my perception. And the, the times when I was giving up coffee, it was down to 70s and 60s. Mm, yeah, so yeah. percent-wise, so the sleep quality, and I'd look at it, and sometimes I think it's a placebo effect too, you go, oh, that was a really shit sleep, oh yeah, it was, 76%, I feel shit, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. a re- reaffirming that I wasn't feeling great, but um, there was a difference, yeah. and there is a difference. Yeah,
0: big time, it's definitely worth, um if, if, you, if you have something up like four, like I know there's heaps out now, with all the smart watches, and, Fitbits and all that sort of stuff. There's tons of different ways of measuring. I it, still use it. Yeah, using using it's 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 a good it's a good guide. I've used it a little bit before. I don't use it now. Like my sleep's pretty good these days, but
1: I don't use it for the I don't use it for the percentage and all that kind of stuff anymore, or to see how many times Michael was snoring or anything like that. But I use it um, because it stops. My phone being active, so as soon as I put the sleep app on, yeah, I don't touch it again. Well,
0: that's a big one, too, because people just... They won't put their phone on silent or vibrate yes. or whatever. And then you get oh. notifications for Facebook and Instagram and yeah, that sort so, of stuff.
1: And people, people are um, contacting you or, mm. you know, tagging you in something or doing all night all all the time because they're not some some people are working or whatever so as soon as I put that sleep app on it stops all that it stops all that coming in so then I can have my phone down and it's you know down screen down and the sleep app's going and I don't touch it again because it's going because it's I've already activated that so it's kind of like in my brain even that I've gone I'm going to go I'm shutting off now well it's part
0: of yeah it's part of your sleep routine like you've you've read your book you've put your phone down, it's like it's time to sleep and it's this whole routine of like an hour. It can be like half an hour, an hour before going to bed. If you can build this routine of, okay, I'm, I'm moving away from technology and things that stimulate my brain mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. And another one too, you kind of like mentioned there, putting the um, phone face down. Like I always do that just because if you do get a notification or whatever, like even if you've got to vibrate or silent or whatever, like the, the phone will light up a little bit. Yeah. But plus you've always got that little flashing
1: light. What was the podcast that we listened to about that with the phone being, if you have the phone on the table and it's you, you, you still have this cognitive brain going uh, towards yeah. the I phone can't all which the time. One yeah, yeah, but it's yeah, it's, it does. I think does, it was a happiness one. Yeah, I think I so. Think it was a happiness yeah.
0: one. Um, but yeah, that kind of also relates to like the the light stuff. To one of the big things that you can do, I forget the name of the book, but I think it might have even just been called sleep. But it's about this guy who forget his name. He worked with the UK cycling team um, when the UK cycling team all of a sudden started dominating world cycling and winning every Tour de France and winning basically every medal. Oh, Earth, Olympics I think we talked about games. this before. Yeah, it's really, really yeah. cool. Uh, so they just tried to, they got all specialists in in all different fields and their goal was to improve everything by 1%. And this guy was their sleep specialist. So what they did is they had. Everyone had a special mattress that was taken around to all the hotels and so they'd sleep on the same mattress each night. They had their own like custom pillows. But then what they would do at the hotel is because they couldn't take in and put in like shut out like blackout blinds, they would go in and they would, at every hotel, they would get bin bags, and they'd take bin bags around the window, so it was completely blacked out, so their room mm. would be as dark as possible. And that's one thing that the studies show, like, if you can get your room as dark as possible and have no light coming in, um, and no light from inside the room, that has a massive impact on sleep.
1: Yeah.
0: So, yeah, try and get your room dark, unless you're, like, scared of a boogeyman or something. Or <laughs> you have a little nightlight on. Yeah, maybe you
1: can use those salt lamp or something
0: instead yeah but like yeah um, what do they call the masks? Eye masks yeah eye masks they work i'm not a big fan of them just because i don't like i don't know like, someone touch my face um earplugs and stuff as well because we want to like keep decrease sound but that's actually if you do want to improve your sleep um there's a few books out there that on, on the topic but it's worth looking into because yeah, there's, there's lots you, of little hacks if you want
1: to um if you want to know more about the um meditation stuff that i use that i didn't think i was meditating mm. um yeah hit me up i'll um run you through some stuff yeah um i used to teach uh les mills back in the day and um body balance and at the end they did a meditation a guided meditation so i got really good at actually doing those mm. um, sometimes i'll yeah. play that music that i had to learn to try and get people to meditate or relax to and that relaxes me so sometimes it can be a noise or sound yeah. or
0: yeah yeah it's just taking your mind off of thinking that's the whole point and whatever works for you whether it's meditation the drills we mentioned getting some music happening like taking your mind off of all the thoughts that are running through your head yeah um Yeah, massive, massive win. So, yeah, that's probably, like, one of your main recovery methods. If you're not sleeping good, you're probably not going to get better. Yeah. You're not going to recover.
1: And, uh, yeah, really look at that with your training. Um, If training is just not going right or you're just not having the motivation and not, you, like, you start your workout and 15 minutes later, you're like, no, I'm not feeling it. And then you're not doing it or everything just seems to be sucky and hard all the time. Uh, take, yeah. a, take a step back from looking at what's not going right in your training and have a look at what's where the stresses are going in your life and where you can have some least mood, some mindfulness, mm. and just some better recovery.
0: Yeah, it's just having, like, the more data you have, the easier it is to make decisions. And, like, we're pretty big. We're not crazy on it because we don't want people to be doing too many things. But... Whether it's having a sleep tracking app, whether it's tracking your nutrition, um, like I have everyone always fill out a little thing before they train, Where it's like how they're feeling, just little subjective things. How are you feeling today? How's your sleep? How's your nutrition? How's your hydration? That sort of stuff. If you look at that stuff and we get a bit of data, it's easy to figure out what's working and what's not working. Otherwise... Yeah, if you're not thinking about the other stuff and you're you're constantly just trying to push harder and train harder. you know to what I like harder? about
1: that sentence the the most. Hmm. Data. It's data. Like data. Yeah. Data You can't just us. emotionally think. Um, emotionally thinking, going, this is, you know, I'm very angry about it and it's not working and mm. blah, blah blah blah. I'm like, what what's the data telling you?
0: Yeah, we can use. You
1: can you, emotion is not going to tell you what nothing. you need to know. The data will. Yeah,
0: we like using objective data and even subjective of how i'm feeling it gives us a measure and gives us something that we can make better decisions from like the whole thing is being able to make the right decision around our training and like nine times out of ten it's not going to be that you're not training right or that you're not training hard enough it's probably just going to be the fact that you're just not recovering well
1: yeah and there's higher stresses going on in different areas of your life
0: yeah very very rarely have i found that when a client's not really getting results it's because their training's wrong. It's generally poor recovery and just stress, Mm -hmm. highly stressed, which is a form of recovery. Um, So I guess that's probably heaps. I I reckon we've given you guys heaps of stuff. But if you want more, let us know. Um, What have we listened to or read this week?
1: Well, I did. I did listen to all of uh, my friend over in the States, Katie. I listened to the neurology no what's called uh neurotica neurotica podcast that she sent me that she was in um the third episode i actually listened to going on to three times because it was a lot and it was very interesting and they covered a lot of stuff um the thing i liked about those podcasts was they were very conversational they didn't go I'm going to talk about this, and Katie's a professor, so she's got plenty to say, mm. um, educational-wise, but it was a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's really not just listen to it like, yeah. Yeah. I'm... Opening up, they were opening up. It was good. Yeah.
0: I liked it. I haven't done too much podcast this week. Um, I've done a bit of reading. Like, um, I just read, um, well, I haven't finished it. I'm still sort of only about a third of the way through. Um, Eckhart Tolle's The Power Is Now. It's just like another mindfulness sort of book. Otherwise I've just listened to, I've gone back to an old course and just been going through that, which is funnily enough, mostly the stuff we're talking about today, which is all the stress stuff and physiology and yeah, that kind of jazz. But I think next week I'll try and hit some, I just need, need, need a few more good podcasts and I know Joe Rogan's just did one with Elon Musk. So that'll be quite interesting, especially after he gave his new child the most retarded name ever.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like algebra.
1: <laughs>
0: like it's weird. If you haven't seen it. Just Google Elon Musk's child's name.
1: Do you want to know something funny about that Joe Rogan podcast? Because I've only listened to one, and I plan on listening to another one. It was a very long podcast. It was. It took me.
0: Oh, they're always two hours at least.
1: Oh, uh, I can't even remember if it took me two weeks. Or it
0: took maybe a
1: while. it took me a while to listen to it all, but mainly because I only listened to it while I was walking, and you needed to hear it. Um, and I couldn't really do that at other times. But they were kind of like book characters in the end to me. Like I was really interested in, I wanted to hear more about that, mm. their conversation. He's so
0: good at that. Like Joe really yeah. is so good at like.
1: Just, I've just experienced that before.
0: He's, he's an amazing interviewer. And, like, it just it just becomes this awesome conversation. You could have, like, the most boring person on there, the most bland person. He'd yeah. make it exciting.
1: So, you know, when you normally read a book and then it's... A, I'm not talking... I'm talking fiction. Yeah, like, like you get, yeah. get, get and like character like, development. Yeah, and you have any, like... You become invested. Yeah, and you kind of want to know what's going on with them, but the book is finished. Yeah. I kind of had that moment about that podcast. It was really weird. Interesting. Oh.
0: You can figure out what's going on. You can <laughs>
1: <laughs> listen to some more, but then yeah. they're not interviewing the same person. No, you
0: can just Google that person. <laughs> Google Eric Weinstein. See what he's doing.
1: I know. Send him an email. So weird. So weird.
0: Well, that's what we've listened to this week. Um...
1: I don't know what I'm going to listen to next week. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I I want to do that. I still haven't read that. Love whatever it what was that called again. The habits or the. Oh, was the it James
0: Clear the habits the book or the podcast the book
1: the what whatever you sent me high performance habits? Nah. i don't know what
0: did i send you
1: the one where you do um love language
0: oh yeah 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 the five love languages so,
1: yeah. yeah i know it sounds sobby but it's not
0: that's nah, nice <laughs> it's, it's good check it out because that was us in your podcast didn't i it
1: yeah yeah know. like a breakdown or a shorter version of the book
0: yeah check that one out guys that's actually one we could probably Help you stress if you've got a bit of like relationship stress going on. (laughs) Alrighty, well I reckon that'll do it. Um we've broken the hour mark, so boom. Again. Two in a row, we've smashed the hour mark. Um
1: let us know uh if you want us to interview someone else. Let us know if you want us to keep going live. Let us know if you want us to talk about something else.
0: Yeah, if you got any questions about anything we spoke about today, um let us know. We're happy to delve deeper into it. Or even just like, if you just message us, private message us on Instagram or Facebook, we'll get back to you and hopefully answer your questions just through that. Yeah. If that's enough.
1: um, You can get us on Invictus Fitness MMA Instagram. Yeah. You can get us on our website. You can get us on our Facebook. You can get us on CrossFit Henley uh, Instagram. You can... Send us a private message. Um, my Instagram is Tony Lane 74.
0: I think mine's just Coach Craig or Coach Craig Harvey. I don't know. I think <laughs> something can't like that.
1: You plug someone to DM you and then you're like, I don't know what it is. I'll have a look. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Coach Craig Harvey. <laughs> so you can look. get us on any of those handles. Um, we, we're really good with messages. So if you oh, speak for yourself, <laughs> sometimes Craig is really good. Yeah, with Coach Craig
0: Harvey, Coach underscore Craig Harvey.
1: So yeah, send us a message. Tell us what you like. Um, we had a great time talking to Lester last week. So shout out to Lester. Thank you for your time. If you
0: haven't listened to it, guys, have a listen to it. It was a ripper. It was. It was a really. I think good we're gonna do a part
1: two with him. So if you have yeah. any questions, send them our way. Okay, we can. We will we'll ask him the hard questions.
0: Yeah. Otherwise. Uh, make sure you subscribe, share. Uh, this is one that's not just for people who train. It can be help, be helpful for just about anyone, really. Very, re- very relevant to anyone out there for whole stress stuff. So yeah, share it around. Show us some love. Yeah, and shout out to my
1: mum. I didn't think I'd talk about her on a podcast. Yeah, shout bad. out mum. <laughs> and it's Mother's Day on the weekend.
0: Happy Mother's Day to all the mums out there. Um,
1: we'll see you guys next week. See. You. Uh, stay tuned. See you next week. See you, bye. Bye.